0: All right, so we're in the middle of the trifecta of things going on. What do I mean by that? Well, we know that the uh, USCCB announced that there would be a three-year Eucharistic revival, right, from 2021 until 2024. Uh, In the midst of that, we started doing uh, Go Make Disciples. So um, we were beefing up our evangelization efforts, and now we're in what we call Into the Deep, where we're reorganizing the diocese right now. So lots going on. Uh, but I just want to take this time to just do a, a quick tutorial, because I believe this particular gospel passage gets to the very essence of what evangelization is all about and speaks to this Eucharistic revival, and in my estimation speaks to um, what dioceses around our nation should be doing to increase um, Membership and people coming and and loving on the Lord, right? All right. So what do I mean by that? Well, here he is. Just to help you remember, this is the the, the ancient story of the road to Emmaus. It's it's called the the greatest story among the great uh, greatest uh, chapters in in uh, Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 24. But anyway, so Jesus is. Uh, or the the men were walking, where are they going? They're going away. They're going in the wrong direction. They're going away from Jerusalem. So we get that first, and then Jesus starts walking with them, and he's listening to them. And what are you talking about? What's going on there? And how does it speak to what we're talking about, this tutorial and evangelization? Well, you know, if we're going to get people to come to, to... love on our Lord, right? To, to, to convert, and to, to, to be one with our Lord. We can't come in like a bull in a china shop, right? We can't come in with this kind of prideful elitism, you know, when we look down our nose at them. No. We want to establish a relationship with them, establish trust between each other, right? so he starts out by, what you talking about? You know, he's listening to them. You know, that's the way we want to start, in order to uh, understand that that, that I'm not a threat to you, okay? And, you know, we're brothers and brothers and sisters, whatever, in Christ, okay? We're just, we're just friends, just, just join with each other, okay? That's where it starts. Because you want to make that connection with that soul first. And then, as he's listening to them, uh, I think he gets to a point where he feels comfortable where well, he can say to them, duh, <laughs> basically, right? You know, he, he says, uh, your, your, your hearts are, are stony, you know, you're, you're not getting it. And then he opens up sacred scripture, everything that applies to him. Well, I think we can clown around too. I, Notice they didn't break into fisticuffs because he said that to them, right? It's obviously a moment where he could go, okay, come on, come on, you're you're not getting here. But but a comfort level was there so he could do that. You know, it'd be great if we got to that point with other people, right? And so he's breaking through now, and and he interprets for them the Scripture that applies to him. Okay? Now, I'm not saying we need to memorize scripture, but there are some good ones we might want to bank, you know, that really mean a lot to us. I always do Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Be strong in the Lord, and His many power put on the form of God, blah, 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 right? Um, And then I love 2 Chronicles 7, 14, which we're going to get to in a second too. But anyways, to be able to interpret for them, yes, what applies to Jesus, but also what impacted these, the the Word of God, the truth of the reality of God, has impacted me in my life. And what, how did it make a difference for me? Right? And and hopefully what you're portraying too is light. Light, meaning you got a smile on your face, you got a dance in your step, you're positive, you're hopeful, you're joyful. Because that's The evidence that you have the Holy Spirit in you. Remember? That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Evidence. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, self-control. all of this is the evidence that, okay, I'm listening now, because I can see the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness in you. The evidence that, that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. We gotta, we gotta let that radiate. Not under a bushel basket, right on a lampstand. For all to see. So that's what's going on there. And remember, too, they were downcast. You know, they've kind of given up. How many do we know in our lives that are like that? They might have a, a quick thrill here now, again, with a, who knows what, a new car, or a new house, or, you know, party, whatever. But, basically, they're, they're just like, oh, geez, I guess this is over. kind of, kind of exist, I guess in this life. How many of we know like that? Especially now, at this time, we're being bombarded with so much diabolical oppression. So their their heads were downcast. They didn't recognize Him. They got to recognize Jesus. We got to help them to do that. So what, what happens next? Well, they invite Him over, and what happens? BOOM! They recognize Him in the breaking of the bread. They recognize Him in the Holy Eucharist. I jotted some notes to where just I feel passionate about this. I wrote this, I said, I can't count the amount of conversion, reversion stories I have heard that revolve around people's experience of adoration. Remember, we started a movement of adoration I think it was 2007, or at least once a month. We'd gather together. We started with the men, and then then the, we had ladies, um, a year or two after that. But we started with that. We're in a Eucharistic revival right now. Well, we've been u- doing Eucharistic revival for what? Seven goes into twenty-three. Sixteen years. Eight, sixteen years. We've been doing Eucharistic revival. And that's what I'm talking about here. Many of these stories recount how they had fallen away from the faith for years and then somehow found their way to adoration. Virtually all these stories speak of moving into an all-in, devout relationship with God from that point on, no matter where their faith was prior to this experience. Very simply, we, we believed we had lost the sense of the supernatural, and adoration restores that. The USCCB uh, sur- uh, released a survey results of the class of ordinance, so newly ordained. It appears that a high number of priestly vocations are coming out of these experiences of adoration. Seventy-three percent attended adoration of the Blessed Sacrament regularly. So here's my own theory. It's that the Mass used to have the quality of adoration and therefore a sense of the supernatural before the post-Vatican II implementations and innovations that move from a God-centered to a man-centered liturgy. We simply must restore transcendent majesty to the Mass once again. I hope, I pray, I I hope you're praying in two that Eucharistic revival means this. And so they're advocating things like Eucharistic adoration, even Eucharistic um, uh, processions. Because in those moments, realize this, when when we do Eucharistic adoration, exposition, and then benediction to conclude, that hasn't changed since Vatican II, or even because of Vatican II. That's the way it was prior to Vatican II, just the same way. But there's an awe and wonder that occurs there. And I've been saying, you know, at least we're stopping. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we get in the bad habit of coming in and rushing to our cars afterwards. That's why I added coffee and donuts after every Mass. I went, slow down, slow so Let's let's at least have a time together to, to build our family bond with each other, even if it's five or ten minutes. But see, we can get into that habit where we're just gonna you know punch the clock, rush and rush out. Adoration makes us stop. We have to sit quietly and gaze upon the tabernacle or maybe an exposition, the monstrance, with our Lord in it. And then we have to ask ourselves, what am I doing? What am I doing? am I worshiping a cracker or is that God we have to ask ourselves that question and then all of a sudden whoa it is God okay now what are the implications to that to me saying not just I'm a devout Catholic and I rush in and rush out no it's God What are the implications of that? You see, they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Huge. Their eyes went from downcast, giving up, despair, to, whoa! This has implications. In other words, let's do this thing. Right? All in. I'm all in. Hey! Hey! Even 73% of all vocations come from that experience in adoration. Remember I mentioned 2 Chronicles 7.14, one of my favorites. I'm going to uh, repeat it again with you today, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do 2 Chronicles 13 to 15, okay, just to show you what frames it. Very interesting. Okay? Because you'll see a lot of people quote 7.14. With, they leave out especially 7.13, the, what leads up to it. I think you'll find this very interesting. When I shut up the heavens, so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land. <clears throat> Here's what I want you to pay attention to. Or send a plague... Among my people, now we're on to 714. That was 13. If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, instead of this, instead of rushing in and rushing out, you stop. Always at this moment of Mary and Martha. She stopped. She got at the feet of the Lord. She gazed into his face. She couldn't, she was locked into his face. Hung on his every word. Well, Martha was doing noble things. Now I've got to do hospitalities. We've got to get in the house. <laughs> Martha, Martha, you're anxious and upset about many things. Mary has chosen the better portion. Mary has chosen the unum necessarium, he says. The one thing necessary. Our Lord calls adoration the one thing necessary. Do you see why? We're not just doing missionary work. We're not just running around. We're not just rushing to church. Rushing around. We're not just fitting in mass when, when we can because our schedule is so busy. Do you see what I'm saying? Martha, Martha, you're anxious and said about so many things. So, if I send a plague Hello? If my people who are called by name will humble themselves. I'm not God. You're not God. We don't know better than God. We're surrounded by people who think they are God. Who are making up this new religion. While we Do I want to make sure we're going to get busy and I got to rush in and rush out. Our church churches emptying out? Where are the credible witnesses? Those who have gone all in. Who have the evidence of the fire of the Holy Spirit radiating out from them. So that people are drawn to that. Do you see? That's why we've been doing Eucharistic adoration for 16 years here. Or, I mean, Eucharistic Revival. Yeah, with Eucharistic Adoration. And you do impact people. They see you're taking this seriously. Why? What'd you find? I found my everything. I found my Lord. And I can't live without Him. Do you see the difference between that and i got to do all this work, rushing to match, rush out. If my people who are called by name will humble themselves and pray, talk, build a relationship, love on each other, and seek my face. What does he mean by that? Other than what Mary did, what we do when we stop in adoration, when we offer a reverent Mass, that is akin to adoration, and turn from their wicked ways, then, 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 I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Do you remember what we did coming out of the plague? Heal Our Land Holy Hours, May 13th to October 7th. Every Thursday night, we stopped because we understood the prescription for the spiritual illness we were all suffering. Now my eyes, this is 15, now my eyes will be open. And my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. This place. What does he mean by this place? Of course he means this. My brothers and sisters, there's the prescription for evangelization. I I don't want to, I don't want to waste my time spinning my wheels? Oh, we should break into small groups and study what Eucharist really means. Wow, what the? And then we go to our man-centered Masses, with our worst recreational attire, as we grab the host like a potato chip. We have all this sing-songy or Broadway musical, fun, entertaining, if we're serious if we're truly serious if we want to win souls for Christ we need to bring them to the place where they actually stop and seek the face of the Lord and recognize him in the breaking of the bread so that their heads go from this to this Do you see, there is your tutorial. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.